0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and
1: follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog.
0: We're talking about fantasy football defense. Yes, defense is important. Sean and David G on the mic today. Fantasy Football Almanac Show. How you doing, Dave?
1: I'm um, excellent, man. I'm ready to talk some defense and some kickers too, right?
0: Yeah, we're gonna talk a little kicker action, and I want to oh, talk. Oh wait,
1: that was the joke. <laughs> oh, are we?
0: I'll talk kickers. I don't right, care. Hope, I'll give you, Here's my kicker stance
1: for the NFL season. All right. Uh. Don't take one until your last pick. There you oh, go. Oh,
0: I disagree. Kicker we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a debate on that. All right,
1: I, I guess we are talking kickers. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Huh? We'll,
0: we'll we'll talk about it. We won't.
1: It, it,
0: a little bit. it draft tactics. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, before we get all that, so listen. <clears throat> I was scouring, you know, Bovada Sportsbook and I'm looking at like, you know, different odds because, you know, I'm just getting ready for the NFL season. It occurred to me today, um, you know, prop bets is like, you know, over or under is Christian McCaffrey going to have more than hundred yards rushing or, you know, over or under is Patrick Mahomes going to have more than 350 yards passing? Yes or no. And those, those are the bets. And I'm wondering why a sportsbook hasn't Further embraced fantasy football and say, you know, standard scoring, maybe partner with, you know, um, you know, Bovada partners with somebody or whoever it is. Right. Partner with one of these things and say over under, you know, are they going to exceed X amount of fantasy points or head to head battles? Who has more fantasy points, this person or this person? I cannot believe that hasn't happened yet. I would be all over that.
1: Uh, I, that's a really good idea. That sounds like the future to me. Betting on head-to-head battles—it's inevitable at this point. Right? It is fantasy inevitable, is it, just right? Growing, man. It's
0: like throwing. I could imagine—I could imagine like if if Bavada and like ESPN, if ESPN had like some kind of API and it was like, or like NFL.com or whoever—and feeds that in, and say, hey, we're using this scoring. Here are the scoring methods. Who has more fantasy points? Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? You know, you could do futures the entire season. You could do week to week, head to head stuff. And that's exactly how prop bet works. But I think you would introduce people like, um, I guess people like us, fantasy football players. Now, I'm a, I've am been a better for, you know, close to a freaking decade now. I, I've been a degenerate for a long, long time. <laughs> but, um, you know, people that are kind of like toe in the water. I don't know how to bet. I don't know, you know, spreads. You know, who should I take? But you introduce fantasy football head to heads there? You know, Christian McCaffrey versus Saquon Barkley in their matchup? People will bet that, man. That's like... I'm giving away free money to the first freaking casino. Bavada, are you listening? Are you listening to us right now, dude? Like, that is that is such a moneymaker for these people that I'm actually literally – probably going to send an email today and see if I can, like, get a job. <laughs> get a job that, with them. It is,
1: and I think that's a great point because that's got to be the target audience. Like, fantasy football players, we're already gambling. We're already hooked. Yeah. We're already in, like – we, we want to gamble, just give us more of it
0: yeah exactly exactly so I think it's I think it's a it, it, I don't know man like you're right it's the future especially now with legalized gambling across the country how big uh, you know the I think fantasy football last I saw was like a four billion dollar industry it might be higher now I'm sure it is frankly it's going up every year it's like I saw an estimate I think like 300 there are 300 million 360 million people in the United States and like over a hundred million play fantasy football it's giant it's just a giant industry now, um, which is why shows like this exist, frankly. So um, <clears throat> so we're going to talk about, uh, you know, defense and special teams. So we'll talk a little draft tactics just because I've been in mock drafts, like, I've been doing like two or three mock drafts a day at this point. And, um, you know, the Calibrate, by the way, Fantasy Football, i draft guide, still available, um, still time for you to, to buy the book, get the book in time for your fantasy drafts. It's updated as of August 20th. So, I mean, it's the most up-to-date thing you're going to find, Period. Um, And you get free updates. I'm probably going to push out another update this week. So uh, definitely check that out. Show notes below. But I've been doing the mock drafts. I feel pretty good about things. Let me hit you before we talk about defense. So my all-time favorite league, a pride league, no money or anything like that. It was a deep keeper. Keep 10 people year to year. Um, All of the owners just kind of came back this year probably because of COVID. Everybody's bored and they're like, hey, let's get that league going back again. So my draft is actually tonight. And um, I randomized the record, uh, the the draft order for the first year and all that. I ended up with the fourth pick, and I thought that was the ultimate sister kiss. Like I did not want the fourth pick because, like, then I'm like, well, I don't know. Do I pull the trigger on Dalvin? I love Dalvin this year, as I've been talking about. But like, I'm in a dynasty. Do I do I really want a Dalvin Cook in a dynasty and? He's gonna be. He's got the contract situation. I know he's back with Minnesota, but is he gonna be there long term? And so I'm looking at all this, and I and I was doing these mock drafts. I decided to trade back straight up. I, I now have the eighth pick. What do you think about that move? Was it bold?
1: Well, I had my first dynasty draft ever this year, uh-huh. and I traded up, and to I what? regretted it. I regretted it almost <laughs> since I traded up into the first round. I traded my second and uh-huh. third round pick for an additional uh-huh. first, and I got a seventh rounder back. And about a day later, I realized that is basically the ultimate rookie move is trading up in your dynasty draft to go get those. Don't do it, all right? Let me tell you from my one experience, don't do it. You're going to be so much more comfortable trading back, getting mm-hmm. rid of like you did. I I would have rather gotten rid of my first-round pick and had two seconds, two-thirds. Mm-hmm. Just because you when you're talking dynasty, you want to look ahead. You want to have a lot of that close to top end talent but not maybe yeah, right. you want the elite talent obviously right but if you can have elite talent and then your other keepers are crap or you can have 6 7 really good keepers i think you're better off going it, it, a little bit towards the depth throughout there
0: is your dynasty league is it full um is yes, it full dynasty full, okay full dynasty. so like your you're basically your draft year to year is going to be rookie draft then yes Okay, no, that's cool. I like that format a lot. For me, like I, I like, um, I like the dynasty format. I like deep keeper. Um, so we used to keep ten year to year. I think when we reactivated, we kept eight. But we also used to play IDP. Um, and I don't like individual defensive player anymore. For me, like I'm at a stage in my life where I just don't want to monitor. Uh, you know, yeah. how, Chase Young's it's a lot effect. Of work. I, I want. So we slim down the rosters, and we only have eight keepers, basically, um, year to year. And and it kind of keeps the waiver wire a little bit more fresh. We have different rules and all that, as, as every fantasy league does. And one of the things I did, too, is I did, instead of two running backs, two wide receivers, we do one running back, one wide receiver, three flex. So it kind of dilutes the pool, and it lets you have a lot of different paths to victory, um, which, again, that was kind of one of the old staples. But to your point, my brother won, like, the first four championships in that dynasty league because he traded out of the first round and got, you know, he had two seconds and two thirds, and I mean, the first four championships, and he dominated year to year. What I did, my rookie move in that draft is like, you know, an 18 or 19 year old, or whatever I was, I ended up saying, okay, I'm going to play the long game, I'm going to sacrifice year one, and I'm going to just go all in with young guys. But what I ended up doing was I drafted young, but I overdrafted them. When I could have had like a lot of starts and youth, I ended up just having just youth. So it took me about two or three years to to really, and I projected yeah. well, but I, I gave away those first like two to three years, and I didn't have to. So this year, trading back, what I have now is and it's a ten-team league. I now have the eighth and the thirteenth pick, and in my my mock drafts, like I think what I'm going to be able to find, and I have a couple Cleveland Brown fans, so I don't know, but I think I'm going to overdraft Nick Chubb because I love him. In future, I know Kareem Hunt. We talked about Chubb though on the show. I think I can get Chubb. Um, if this were like another league, I would wait on Chubb and just cross my fingers I could get him at 13. In this league, I, if I want him and I do want him, I will have to go eight, and it's to the point where I don't even know if I'm going to get him at eight. Um, but I think I'll get either Chubb or Derrick Henry, who I like. I know you're a little bit more down on this year. And then in the second pick, I'm going to have a guy like Eckler, Aaron Jones, or Josh Jacobs fall to me in that second pick. I like that. And then my, my wide receivers in that third to fourth round, for me, are interchangeable. Like I know I'm going to miss Godwin, who's kind of the last guy that I would take up that high. So I was doing these mocks. I'm just like, you know what? I'm comfortable in the middle. I'm comfortable in the late rounds, but I don't want to have to risk overdrafting a wide receiver or running back I don't like at the back half of the round. So that's why I moved up, man.
1: Yeah, especially if you want to start two running back, you want to be in that back half of the first round. I actually like Derrick Henry more than Chubb, Mm -hmm. Um, especially in redraft and dynasty. It's a little closer. But in redraft, it's not even close for me. If I want to win this year, I like Derrick Henry a lot more.
0: I um, I actually agree with you. I think Derrick Henry in my – it's not in my published books, but my analytics I think has Derrick Henry at like fourth at running back. I, I don't have those because those aren't the the published numbers. But, like, if you have the book and you're looking at points above replacement and all that stuff, I think he I think he's like third or fourth. Yeah. Um, and I agree. And I have Chubb just behind him. So – I mean, shoot, if if Derrick Henry's sitting there, I have a feeling because we're in a a dynasty and I know this league, they might go like Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in the first round. I might be able to – there's an outside chance, David. There's an outside chance I could get Chubb and Henry. Because if Henry's sitting there at eight, I'm I'm going to take um, Henry. Is
1: it half PPR or full PPR? Half. Half PPR. Yeah, that's fair. fair. I was going to say here's uh, in full ppr that's a uh, lot of power backs right yeah
0: here. i know but i'm talking yeah, i'm talking about league dynamics and just knowing how these guys draft from from previous experience
1: i like it in half ppr
0: i don't think it's likely look i mean that's the that's the dream scenario i don't think the dream's happening ultimately what i would love is chubb and either aaron jones or josh jacobs that's kind of what i'm hoping for because i like youth obviously right i want the young good running backs um, but I'd be happy with a combination. You know, if Eckler's there, if Drake's there, I'll take those guys, whatever. Uh, but I, I don't think they will be. All right, All right man, let's, so let's talk about defense before we start <laughs> picking, o- picking over the, uh, the, uh, the kicker argument because of these <laughs> mock drafts. So I'm going I'm to tell you why. I'm going I'm to give you my reasoning why. Uh, but let's go over to defense. So why don't you tell me well, – let me lead off with this because I was, I was just recording with Brad on Get Paid. And, um, and I'm looking at the top of the draft and these mock drafts, I end up taking like a defense around 11 or 12, again, for the same kicker thing. We'll get to that. I know that's early, but I'll tell you why I do it. Um, and I'm in these mock drafts, I keep looking at San Francisco and I keep looking at Pittsburgh. And the thing about Pittsburgh is for years, they've been an underrated defense. I've been able to get them undrafted for the last, seriously, undrafted for the last two or three years. And they've always been a top five defense in my book. Pittsburgh right now, Bavada has it 2,200 to win the Super Bowl, right? And uh, San Francisco, what do they have at? San Francisco, obviously, is, is higher. They're at plus 900, nine hundred. Haven't been kind of the, the champion there. And so they're well thought of, but I'm thinking, like, between the two of them, I really am going back and forth about which ones I like. Do you like, right now, top defense? Who is your top defense at this point going into the draft?
1: That's a great lead-in because I want to first address – the early defensive drafters because it okay. seems like there's one in every league. You said that might be you. You might be that guy. <laughs> there's one in every league, somebody who reaches on the top defense every year just because they want that advantage, mm-hmm. right? This year, is there? there's no top defense. Like every year, it seems like it was Chicago mm. last year, the year before. There's always seems to be that one defense that people kind of reach on every year. In this year, you mentioned San Fran and Pittsburgh. I think there's three at the top. So mm-hmm. I don't want to reach on any one of those three. I'd rather let those two go off and then try and get that third one because I think they're on the same tier. And that third one for me, maybe I'm a homer, maybe I'm not. <laughs> it's the Baltimore yeah. Ravens. They're one of my top defenses every year. Last year was a little bit of a step back, but I I could see that going into the year, and most of us could see that going into the year, losing Terrell Suggs, losing C.J. Mosley, we knew that front seven was just not really gonna be the same. Then you talk about this year they they bolstered their weakest positions. And it's that front seven. We bring in Calais Campbell, mm. who is just a behemoth of a man. <laughs> we bring in Derek Wolf, who's another good defensive lineman who's basically upgrades our starting unit. We still have um Brandon Williams on the team. That front seven we bring in uh What's his name? Patrick Queen from the draft. Oh
0: yeah, that was a great pick, dude. Great. Earl pick.
1: Thomas. I don't think the Earl Thomas cutting is really that bad, to be honest. He didn't play very well last. They cut cutting.
0: I missed that. I saw that he got in the fight. They, they cut him. They cut him. Oh I believe, man! It was
1: yesterday, if not two days ago. Wow. Our secondary is very good. We're going to be playing from ahead. Marlon Humphrey on one side. On the other side, you got Jimmy Smith, two safeties, Chuck Clark. I think we're balanced on all three levels. We have that mentality, the defensive coordinator. They're my number one defense this year. I have Baltimore above Pittsburgh and above San Francisco.
0: So Baltimore, uh, for, for the betters out there, Baltimore is at plus 650 according to Bovada uh, to win the Super Bowl. And, again, for, for good reason. Um, I think the leader, I think, of the pack is, is Kansas City at plus 600. Baltimore's right behind them, which is what, what, I, you know, what I would do as well. Baltimore, I love Baltimore. Um, and I said, like last year I was higher on them too, and I know they had some questions and some losses. And I said, "Look, when I when I bet, and when I uh, I lost your I see nose and above, David. If you could adjust your camera, oh, right? <laughs> um, yeah, no worries, no worries. Screen so, so the um, yeah, you know, the Ravens. Like I, I always talk about this when betting, and I talk about this in, in fantasy sports. I say uh, there are programs, quote unquote, programs. Next man up. Like you lose some stars, and they never seem to." To get bad, right? But when they add stars, they go next level. And Baltimore last year, going into the season, I said, look, they're going to have one of the best special teams and one of the best defenses. Um, And I thought Lamar Jackson is going to be good. Certainly didn't think he was going to be what he was. Um, I thought like, I accurately predicted the running. I did not think that he was going to get, like, what was it, 35 touchdowns or something like that, throwing. I did not see that happening. But, I mean, great for, great for him, great for them. I like Baltimore. Um, and they are, I think, for me, they're number three right now. And possibly number two. I think where I'm leaning, honestly, it's Pittsburgh. And the reason why is because I know Pittsburgh. We talk about program defenses. The one or the two things I can always count on from Pittsburgh is – is interceptions and sacks. And for me, that's what I'm looking for in team defense, man. Those two things, if they give up a little bit of points every now and then, I'm okay with it. Um, I don't love it, but I'm okay with it. But they always get sacks. They always get interceptions. Baltimore is a team that I don't think they give you as much in those categories, but they make up for it because they just play such good defense and they don't, they keep the teams out of the end zone. So those three, three teams, I have no problem. I know a lot of people are betting Buffalo, I think they're going to be a top-five defense, but for me— Let me talk
1: about Pittsburgh real quick, to cut in, because you said they might be your number one. A huge selling point for putting them number one would be their playoff schedule. And if you include Week 13, too, if you need to get into the playoffs, they face the Redskins, the Bills, the Bengals, and the Colts. I mean, Mm. Redskins, that ain't good. Buffalo, (laughs) Josh Allen, he's probably going to turn the ball over once or twice. Cincinnati, rookie quarterback, and then Indianapolis you have— could be a good offense. It's kind of an unknown. So they yeah. have what looks like a really good finishing schedule.
0: Yeah, even, and I think Indianapolis will be good, but what does Rivers do? He will put the ball up, right? Um, so again, you know, you're talking about, and he's, he's a statue of a quarterback. <laughs> so I like Indy's offensive line, but even then, you're still probably. In line for some sacks and some some interceptions, so I like. And that's
1: week sixteen too. So you look at the other matchups. If you can get to week sixteen, a lot of leagues pay out that second place. So you've already made it if you got to week sixteen.
0: Yeah. So back to your original, and, and I guess we can talk a little bit about kicker there. Um, as well, because it's it's kind of the same argument, so we may as well have that conversation. So you mentioned the early defense, um, and you don't see like a top, you see a top tier, and you know you can get them later, and then kicker, um, you know, kicker's always a crapshoot, and I and I know that, but for me, it's like it's Tucker and Butker, and if I can't get them, then I wait to the last round or whatever. Greg the leg, Greg, uh, I, you know, with Dallas, Lutz,
1: I think Will Lutz is another guy who's basically comes off the board as like the last kicker who you can draft and know you're going to keep on your team for the whole year yeah right And after that it's kind of like oh is this going to be on my team after week one who knows
0: i'll give you i'll give you one more um a guy that i know that you can have with the last pick of your draft matt gay um from tampa bay assuming he ends up winning and keeping that job just because i think tampa bay's offense is going to be strong enough to put them in field goal position and and kicking extra points so and again i'm just throwing his name out there because he's an unheralded guy that people don't think of because you know but you know, like who wants Tampa Bay's kicker? Well, this year I I, I do. But the reason I like drafting these guys, I, I, specifically wise, because I've been working the mock draft angle for a long time, and uh, like for the, like the last like two weeks, doing two to three day, you know, charting different pick scenarios and all that. And what I'm seeing with my draft board is that when I get to round eleven or twelve, assuming I have my quarterback and tight end, which hasn't always happened, but assuming I have those positions set who I like as my flyer running backs and my flyer wide receivers literally I can get in the last round so what I'm faced with is do I do I take this running back that I know I can get four picks later or do I pick San Francisco or Pittsburgh who is my favorite defense who I think is going to be a season-long defense I don't have to worry about streaming I have that pick set and I know I'm going to get them later Um, and and so that's why like like my back three receivers, my back, we talked about this, my backup tight end, my backup quarterback, I'm generally getting those guys um, in a 16-pick league, I'm generally getting those guys 14, 15, 16. And I can tell you exactly what I'm doing is I'm, I'm going either, um, I'm going Tannehill in 14, and I'm getting him every time because I don't think the back half of last season was a fluke, so I like Tannehill as a backup quarterback. I'm getting um, James Washington of Pittsburgh, who my analytics love, I don't know if I'm sold on him, but my analytics that I do for the book are screaming at me that he's like a top 50 pick, and I know I can get him late, so I pick him up in round 15 as my flyer, and then around 16, I pick Jack Doyle or Greg Olson as my backup tight end. Um, and so knowing that, and I always get those guys knowing that, I'm just like, well, screw it, I'll start the run on these guys and at least get the ones I want. And so that's it. I'm not saying, like, kicker gives you that much value. I'm saying, like, if you know kind of who your flyer picks are and you know where they're going then start the run. Don't be on the end of it, you know? And, I, and and if I don't get any of those guys, I don't care. That's the other thing, too. I, just, I don't care. So that's why I'm, I'm, a, I'm a more of a start the run guy. But what do you think about that? There's a lot of verbal diarrhea for you.
1: Well, if, if it's one of the top four kickers, like you said, someone you can see being on your roster uh, the entire season, and you're not particular about which late round target you want at running back wide oh sure go ahead for mm-hmm. me i feel like i kind of fall in love with my late round targets a little bit more <laughs> like i want that guy and i don't want to risk him you don't want getting yep. picked before my last pick and then i just look at kicker and it's just i'd rather reach on defense than kicker because i feel like every year we kind of have these unknown kickers just even on bad offenses just show up and be top options look at last year zane gonzalez was the number five kicker (laughs) josh lambo was the number six kicker yeah right who the heck saw that you can pick them up off the waiver wire you can figure out kicker production as you go and it's hard to predict it in the draft other than those like said top four options so unless i'm getting a top kicker I'm I'm waiting until my last pick, uh, probably a hundred times
0: out yeah. of yeah, yeah, and and because I'm like always the one guy in the league, and people always laugh at me, but you know I've actually I've actually won leagues before because like I had Greg the leg in his really good season, um, and I paired him with a defense. I can't remember what defense. I had, probably Pittsburgh, you know, and yeah. I draft like some guys a little bit early, and it just gives me competitive advantage. But you're right. I mean, the volatility, especially at kicker, is so strong that if I'm not getting Butker or Tucker, I'm not. I'm not drafting a, a kicker until the last, the last pick. Like, I'll splurge on those two guys specifically because I'm a believer that even if they have a bad year, they're going to be a top 10 kicker. I don't have to worry about it. Defense, um, you know, if I miss out, let's swing it back to defense. By the way, you mentioned Josh Lambeau. Jacksonville is at plus 20,000 to win the Super Bowl. And I'm not, I am eat great odds. I'm not sniffing. I'm not sniffing that play out. <laughs> My goodness. But um, DJ Chark, by the way, going in the fifth round consistently in these mock drafts. I love that pick. Love that pick. Uh, oh, so back to defense. Okay. So we mentioned what? San Francisco. We mentioned Pittsburgh. We mentioned Baltimore. I, I kind of touched on Buffalo there. Interesting to me, the New England Patriots right now, their average draft position is fifth. Um, they've lost like half of their defense to free agency and then the other half to COVID opt out. Like I'm I love Bill Belichick. I I don't one of my many, many rules uh in in gambling is I don't bet against Bill Belichick. So I'm not gonna bet against him. But I'm not drafting New England fifth. How do you feel about that?
1: I'm torn on New England because you're right. They lost so many pieces, but they did maintain some of their more important pieces, which is Stephon Gilmore. Mm. You talk about the McCourty brothers. like They have those cornerstone pieces. They just kind of lost some of the middle guys, like Van Noy. Jamie Collins plays great in New England. He might not be that great when he leaves. Mm. But they still have a lot of the big pieces. And last year, they weren't just the best defense in the league. They were Mm -hmm. winning you games
0: as the best
1: defense in the league. They averaged, according to Fantasy Pros, 14.8 fantasy points per game. Second place was the Steelers at 10.8. That's a (laughs) four-point weekly advantage for the number one defense. So you talk about the regression— they're gonna regress. They're not gonna be that same dominating. Well, they were unit scoring. They were last year. I mean,
0: they were scoring with regularity. Yeah, that's exactly. and that's that's rare. You see that once every ten years.
1: Uh, and how much of it is Kyle Van Noy a great player? Is Jamie Con- like these yeah. coaches are making these players? They're putting them in position to play great. They're putting in them in position to make these plays. So I don't know if it's gonna be as big of, of a drop up as we think. You take off four points a game. They're still the number one defense. Like yeah. As the fifth overall, I think that's 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 exactly where I have them ranked. I really? have Baltimore, San Fran, Pittsburgh, and then I have Buffalo ahead of New England, and then I have New England as my fifth-ranked defense.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, our, our top three it seems are interchangeable, and I, I do have Buffalo. So it sounds it actually sounds like our top four. New England's just the first one that gives me pause, and I'm looking at the other defenses here. New England, by the way, Bavada has a plus twelve hundred to win the Super Bowl. So like you know, Bavada's not sleeping on New England. Um, and and again, I'm not sleeping on them either. I don't bet against New England ever. It's my rule. but um, you know over time I think you know New England covers like sixty percent and when they're the underdog, they cover like 80 eighty five percent. So no, i'm not I'm not gonna put my money down on that. It, it, you know mathematically, you're gonna lose money on that. but I'm looking at these other teams and I can't really make a strong argument to put anybody above New England. but I think you know, going back to kind of our previous conversation there, you're talking about draft tactics, when do you take them? If, if somebody drafts early, they draft the 49ers, they draft the Steelers, they draft the Ravens, um, before I get to it, if somebody's a little bit more overzealous than I am, I'm not drafting the Bills early. I might wait until maybe around 14 in a 16-round draft and, and try to get on the earlier wave of the second wave, but I'm waiting until the last round at that point, or second to last, depending on what I do with kickers, so... I don't know. Maybe Let me give you an an argument here. Uh, The ninth rated in in terms of uh, fantasy pros, the the ninth average draft position, who I think they're going to have a rebound year. The Chicago Bears, they still have Khalil Mack, but here's my thought on them is we know how it is in fantasy sports. If we see a bad season last season, we're like, "Ah, screw these guys. They screwed me last year. I'm not going to think about them again. But Chicago, I was down on them coming into the season because they lost Fangio um, to to Denver as the head coach there. You know, you get in a guy, I know... um, um, I know the defensive coordinator there is strong. I know he has spent some time at Baltimore, the head coach in uh, Pagano, the head coach in Indianapolis. When you install a new system, even if it's similar concepts, you're going to take a step back. So I was fully expecting Chicago to take a step back last year. This year, I think they're going to take a step forward. And now you can get a team that should be a top 10 defense. You're talking about average draft position, potentially undrafted, based on last year's performance. I think they could step up and be in the top five. I wouldn't bet on it, but they could. What do you think about them?
1: so they do have great upside and you talked about they were the number one defense two years ago but i still am taking new england above chicago and here's why Mm -hmm. you look at last year what happened the patriots offense it took a step back what happened the defense wasn't affected by it they were still playing at a high level chicago when their offense took a step back last year and underperformed it sabotaged mm. the defense the defense could not hold that team together like new england's defense was able to they finished as the 20th ranked defense last year Ouch. not good and you talk about this year is the offense going to improve maybe maybe nick Foles might be an upgrade over mitchell trubisky yeah the one lineman they signed i think it was jermaine and i mean i don't even remember Maybe that upgrades the offensive line. You talk about bringing in Bill Lazor. Maybe that upgrades the play calling. Bill Lazor was in Cincinnati last year. They didn't do very good. So that does again, <laughs> doesn't give you a whole lot of reason for optimism. Right. right. So I don't know if that offense is going to be good enough to not sabotage that defense. Where you talk about New England, their offense was terrible last year, too. The defense still performed well. This year, is their offense going to improve? I don't know about that. But might it be a better offensive fit to support that defense? You talked about last year, they were more reliant on that short passing game, trying to get Brady. It just wasn't working. Mm -hmm. This year, they could be more reliant on that run game. They got Cam Newton. We might see a little bit more read option. That might equate to having a higher time of possession if they're calling more running plays. You know, the clock isn't stopping due to incompletions. So that could benefit the defense. And we could talk about that defense again being – a top five option, so if I'm going after those top four, top five, I'd rather take the chance on New England maintaining that level of defensive play than take a chance on Chicago bouncing back from what was, frankly, a not good year defensively. Yeah,
0: fair points, and we talked I guess we touched on this at the beginning, as you look at San Francisco, Baltimore, the point that I made was programs, right? Belichick, um, Belichick has programs, what Belichick does, I think, better than any coach in the league is they draft for role. They don't necessarily, you know, they, they marry the role in their defense to the talent. And so they don't, like, say, oh, you know, here's a 6'7 here's a defensive end who runs a four, 440 genetic freak. Let's, let's get him. He's thinking, well, okay, well, how am I going to use this player? Is he, you know, smart enough to run my system, all that stuff? And I think that, and this is what Baltimore has. This is what Pittsburgh has. Maybe not to that level of, you know, employing role and all that. But what I think we saw in Chicago last year is they didn't have depth. Like when the offense gets bad, the defense is on the field for longer. So maybe you can stay close for a half, but then you're gassed in the second half and you get gouged and you give up points and big plays and all that stuff. And that's the concern. Let me throw you, um, let me shift this over. Um, Let me throw two defenses that I thought were improving towards the end of last year and they could build on that improvement in 2020 in Kansas City and Indianapolis. I think they're... At this point, to me, we're talking about stream category. If you wind up with them in the draft, you're probably waving in them and and playing the matchup a little bit. But these are teams that I could think find their way into the top 10 this year um, by the end of the season. Kansas City started catching fire towards the end of the year. But remember, they had Spagnola, their, their first year defensive coordinator last year. So I think things will get better. Indianapolis, I think they're just adding pieces. What do you think about those two teams?
1: So that's a great intro because I want to talk a little bit now that we're getting into these defenses outside of the top seven. I posted a poll on Twitter a couple Mm -hmm. of weeks ago and I said, give me a defense not named San Fran, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, New England, New Orleans, or Chicago. That's going to surprise some people this year. I got 130 comments, right? Mm -hmm. So Indianapolis, they were one of those top people's defenses, right? So here are the results of the defense that were named out of 130 votes. Tampa Bay, 18 votes, Chargers, 16 votes, Indianapolis, 16, Philadelphia and Washington actually had 11 Mm. votes, Tennessee and Miami, nine, Kansas City, eight, Denver, seven, Cleveland, five, Green Bay and Dallas had four votes, Atlanta had three votes. I might just have a few Atlanta fans following me on Twitter. (laughs) The Cardinals and the Jets, too, and then one vote apiece for Carolina, Seattle, Jacksonville, Rams, and Minnesota. I don't really... Care about any of those mm. uh, later defenses, but the ones who got at least eight votes Kansas City, Miami, Tennessee, Washington, Philadelphia, Colts, the Chargers, and the Buccaneers. So I do like the Colts. I had them written down as one of the defense that I think is really going to provide a mm. lot of value early in the season. And especially in leagues where only 16 make the playoffs, mm. you're a little bit more worried about getting those wins early in the season. Right. Indianapolis, they start off the year against Jacksonville, Minnesota, the Jets, the Bears, the Browns, and the Bengals. So That's they nice. Have, they have a sweet start. You talk about the DeForest Buckner trade. They have him. They have Darius Leonard, who's just a stud at the linebacker mm. spot. Their secondary, not as great. It's probably their weak spot. They still have uh, Malik uh, Hooper. He's a, He's been injured, but he's a good safety. So I think they have talent on all three levels, and they have the schedule to really match up with it as well.
0: Yeah, Indianapolis, Bavado by the way has at plus. um, Sorry, I just lost it. Plus two thousand. So they're one of my one of my interesting bets of the season in terms of just value for futures because I like what Philip Rivers does. Remember Philip Rivers and Frank Reich? I just always like to remind people they've had years together um, as a as a coach and and. quarterback so it's not like Philip Rivers is coming in blind uh, to the system and all that so I do like it but Indianapolis for all those reasons I like it Uh, Kansas City you know they were they were a startable defense towards the end of last season so I like them another team though um that kind of let me jump
1: in real quick before you keep going because I just want to talk about their rankings from last year last year Indianapolis was the 14th ranked defense according to fantasy pros the Chiefs were the 8th ranked defense according to fantasy pros Colts, I probably like a little bit better even though they were ranked lower last year just because, again, I like talking about how the offense affects yep. of that offense just was depleted yep. with injuries last year. It's putting a lot of weight on the defensive shoulders. And then this year you talk about bringing in Rivers, bringing in Jonathan Taylor. They're going to be a better team. They're going to be winning more. They're going to be possessing the ball more on offense. Mm-hmm. I really like that game. And I like the Chiefs because they have that game script factor. But my one kind of troublesome part with the Chiefs is that I think a lot of it might have had to do with that home field advantage. When they're playing in Kansas City and from ahead, that is a tough place for opposing offenses to play. They don't have that home field advantage this year. There aren't gonna be fans in the stadium to to give them that. Right. So I'm not sure the Chiefs actually have enough I do like Chris Jones. I like Tyron Matthew. I'm not sure they have a whole lot of playmakers on the defensive side of the ball other than those two players. So I I'd probably rather take a chance on the Colts than the Chiefs.
0: Yeah. Um, so you mentioned the start of the season, and I'm going to give you an end of the season team uh, that I saw also in the top ten, and I want to work my way back to the Washington quote unquote football team um, oh, too because they're very. The they're, <laughs> 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 I know gonna it's take a little. I know I'm trying not to call uh, the Raiders the Oakland Raiders, man, and slip the team name. And I grew up a red uh, a football team fan, so it's just super hard for me, but. Um, uh, I want to talk about them in a bit because they are super intriguing right now. Uh, but a team in the top 10 who I think are actually going to snakebite um, their, their owners early in the season um, is the Minnesota Vikings. And you're talking about Indianapolis. I like the idea of drafting Indianapolis early and then once their, their schedule maybe heats up, start watching Minnesota. Because I think Minnesota, they lost so many people and I think they had a great draft. I think they reloaded the talent. We talk about programs. Zimmer's a good defensive head coach. They're going to have talent there but i think it's going to take eight weeks to gel and so i'm looking at minnesota i think they're a team that when you're making your playoff run kind of similar to kansas city last year honestly and you're looking for like i need to shore up my defense i need to get some points i think like minnesota could be that back half and when you pair them up against a front half darling like an indianapolis could be i mean you could have a season long if you take you know your your point spread you could have a season long top three defense if you take those two teams together at their strength what do you think about that argument
1: See, I'm just not seeing it. I'm looking at the schedule here in the second half of the year. Starting week eight, Green Bay, Detroit, those I think are two good offenses. Chicago, they suck. Dallas, Carolina, those are two really good offenses, I think. Jacksonville, I don't think they're going to be as bad as people think, but that's a projected good matchup. Then you talk about the playoffs. They faced the Buccaneers the first mm-hmm. week of the playoffs. Bears week two. Bears week two, that's great. Then they face the Saints in the week 16 championship. So there's going to be a few games in between if you need to win week 13 against Jacksonville and you need to win second week of the playoffs against Chicago those are good matchups but you're going to need to pair that defense with another defense if you're going to be relying on them uh, in the second half of the year because against Tampa Bay and against New Orleans those two playoff weeks that is not a good matchup
0: let's talk about two NFC teams that you also mentioned your poll I mentioned Washington uh, and Philadelphia is another one I'm surprised that they're they got as many votes as they did um, because they lost, you know, it, it's kind of a turnover year for them. They they lost some roster. They had to wa- make some waves, wavings or whatever, um, cut some players. So I like this team. They always play with speed. And I think, again, the offense, like you're talking about, kind of the offensive uplift um, by just staying on the field and keeping your defense fresh. I think that'll be interesting for Philly, but I'm not an investor on them in, in the draft. But Washington is interesting because you get basically um, Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio, they always have – top 10 defenses most of the time both the two of them had top 5 defenses put them together it, Washington has a really good defensive line, which we saw... All
1: first-round picks, I believe. Every single player starting on their D-line is a first-rounder.
0: Very similar to what San Francisco has done. I'm not going to say they're going to reproduce, but, you know, if you believe the draft hype, you could plug in Chase Young just like San Francisco plugged in Nick Bosa last year and change the whole dynamic of them. Now, I think they're weak in the secondary, weaker certainly than San Francisco. Um, And I think they're a little bit slower at running back than you want. This is something again, as somebody who kind of grew up watching this team and following them. Washington was doing the opposite of what everybody else was, is they're drafting defensive linemen and moving them to linebacker, which makes you a liability in pass coverage. I think what you wanna do is draft your safeties, your your bigger safeties, your slower safeties, move them up um, as a rangy linebacker that can go into coverage, Washington's been doing the opposite of that for years. It's been driving me crazy. But um, those are my questions. I think Washington might be a year away, but I do think they will surprise some people. I, I, it's it, with that coaching staff, and I know Rivera might have to step away. Unfortunately, he, he was diagnosed with cancer and all that, so that really sucks. But you know, even if he steps away, Jack Del Rio is going to be the coach there and the play caller. I don't think they're any lower, even as bad as this team can be. I don't think they're any lower as a defensive than than 15 which means they could be a stream play for you week to week.
1: That's fair, especially because I really like that San Fran connection you made. They built that team through the defensive line. Mm-hmm. like It was about winning in the trenches, getting to the quarterback, and just making it easy for the back half of their defense. Their front half made it easy for their back half. That's as simple as it was last mm-hmm. year. And two years ago, they didn't have that front half pressure, and they weren't a good defense. So you talk about if Washington – can provide pressure up front. They can stop the run. They can win in the trenches. They do have a shot at, at being uh, a team that can provide streaming value, especially because you talk about their philosophy offensively. I don't know how much they're going to want to pass the ball. We'll see. There's going to be weeks where they're probably going to try and win ugly. They're probably yeah. not going to ask that offense to do a whole lot. So there are going to be weeks where I think Washington does perform. well. I I would probably rather take the, a chance on the Eagles just because you talk about the Eagles last year, their defense and Washington's defense was both bad. Philadelphia at least ranked 15th. Washington ranked 25th as a defense. Philadelphia had nothing going on in their secondary last year. Like Everybody yeah. was hurt. Yep. I, I forget. I can't even remember some of the names of the
0: Darby, I think, was back. there. Am I right?
1: It, it, and he was hurt, too, I believe. Yeah this year they bring in Darius Slay big play Slay mm. they all have that scheme you kind of talk about Baltimore they don't have to have necessarily the players yep. in place to get those sacks they're gonna send some heat they're gonna blitz at a high rate yep they're probably gonna create turnovers so I I think I'd rather take a chance on Philadelphia than Washington but again I'm probably not high on either of those two defenses so I I would be expecting to stream at that point if I'm into that territory.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, by the way, Washington, Nevada has a plus plus fifteen thousand to win the Super Bowl. Philadelphia plus twenty two hundred. Um, Who, who's
1: the least least likely to win, according to them?
0: I think it might be Jacksonville. Hold on, let me look. I think it's Jacksonville at plus
1: twenty. Everybody's got Jacksonville as the worst team this year, man. I mean, that's.
0: I think I think I don't think they're. I'm going to go on record. I don't think they're the worst team this year.
1: Oh, me too i don't think so either i don't think, think they're i don't even think they'll be a top three worst team i think they're gonna win six to seven games and there'll be a couple teams who were in that four to five game uh area
0: yeah you know it's uh, you know, i think maybe it's, it's certainly with covid and lack of offense I, I don't think that we're gonna see like that bad like one in 15 team this season i think the first pick in the draft very well might be like a four and 12 or five and eleven. I don't think it will be five and eleven. I, I,
1: Whichever team loses their quarterback.
0: Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, yeah. It is Jacksonville, and then we have a handful of teams um, for the uh, the um, tie for second place in terms of worst Super Bowl odds would be Carolina at plus fifteen thousand, Cincinnati at plus fifteen thousand, um, Washington at plus fifteen thousand. So. There you go. Uh, let's see. Let's swing it. Um, so I, I'm going to open this up because I know you're going to have two teams. But since we are just talking about Philadelphia and you're talking about scheme and blitz and yada yada, I'm going to throw another team out there, not on necessarily on my draftable radar, but a defensive coordinator that is always has relevant, fantasy-relevant uh, teams, at least in a stream um, format, regardless of talent, because of his scheme. Greg Williams, New York Jets. I don't love the transactions. I don't love getting rid of the talent that they got rid of over the last couple of years. I think that has to do really honestly more with the coaches just being so toxic that they can't get along with people. That's bad. You don't want that as an organization. You want you want teamwork and camaraderie. You don't want like coaches getting rid of pro bowlers because they can't make it work. <laughs> but you know, honestly though, if you take that all that aside, especially if you're a daily fantasy player and you're looking for some value play, I mean, you're gonna get sacks and you're gonna get turnovers. Um, and they play in a division that might, sometimes struggle to get points as well um you know buffalo's not lighting up the score sheet week to week new england still a little bit of an unknown entity miami fitzpatrick man he might throw up 35 points or he might throw up 35 interceptions week to week so i like the division what do you think about the jets
1: it's funny because i was looking at the rankings from last year as you were talking a little bit and that was the name that stood out to me from last year's Uh top 10 and i'm saying okay who are the crappy teams who actually had good fantasy defenses last year yeah and you look at the jets they were the number seven number seven defense last year what and that was being a terrible team they, mm-hmm. their defense wasn't very good either and people hate and can them. it be worse can it be worse <laughs> than last year i mean they're getting mosley but they lost adams but they're getting mosley back they're having another year offensively to kind of come, come together maybe they're not playing from behind as much? I don't know. I think know. Mosley I don't, I don't might have opted
0: him. out. I could be wrong on this, but I think Mosley might have opted out.
1: Oh, did he? Okay. I, uh, I
0: don't... I, I, for some reason, that
1: name's sticking that out. Now you say that, it is ringing a little bit of a bell. I feel like you might be right about that. But still, you're talking about mm-hmm. the number seven defense from last year. They didn't have Mosley last
0: year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So... Can you go back... I, I, I know you're looking at um, uh, fantasy pros. Can you be, go back to 2018? Is that an easy drop down for you? Because I'd be curious where the Browns ranked in 2018.
1: 20, oh, are they one of your sleepers for this year? I do think Browns. They had some hype last year going into last. I, year. Yeah,
0: but they lost. I I want to see what Williams did with the Browns that one year. Um, they were twentieth. Oh, they were twentieth that year
1: in twenty eighteen. Oh,
0: okay, never mind. Because um because Greg Williams um you know obviously he was a coach the defensive coordinator for the Browns um after. That whole time when they had that interim coach with Freddie Kitchens, you know, prior to him getting the hit. Anyway, so, um, but Greg Williams, man, he's, he always does good things. And um, Schwartz came from that school of Greg Williams. They run very similar schemes, which is why I had that Philly connection. I'm going to throw one more defense at you, and then I'm going to let you kind of start throwing some defenses at me. You mentioned him in your poll. Um, I think they're too high for this year, uh, but it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I worry about them. Again, offensive impact, here's my thing. Are they going to be as bad as last year? No, they're going to be better. I like Todd Bowles as a coach. They get some talent. Like I, I get it. I understand it. But I think this offense is going to be scoring too much. It's almost like the Indianapolis Colts with Peyton Manning factor. I think this offense is going to be otherworldly this year. I think they're going to be so good. And I think the defense is going to be giving up points as a result of that. So I'm, I'm a seller on Tampa Bay. What are your thoughts on them?
1: I think I kind of land on the other side. And we talked about Tampa Bay when I talked about that poll. They were the number one team in votes, Scott, and they got 18 votes out of 130. So they're definitely the people's sleeper defense of the year. What I like about Tampa Bay is that they did something really, 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 really well. And it's not necessarily something that you want. They stopped the run. You'd rather them stop the pass in today's Mm -hmm. age. But they were the number one Uh rushing defense last year. And not just number one, number one by over 200 yards. They allowed like 1,181. I believe second place was 1,391. Right. They allowed only 3.3 3 yards per carry. And I don't know if you remember this last year. They were so good against running backs that after they shut down McCaffrey the first time, we were considering sitting McCaffrey. There was a large <laughs> portion of fantasy players who were considering sitting Christian McCaffrey last year in the midst of his crazy season just because it was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
0: Yeah, that, the that problem. That, I, that's a good point. Let me just interject quickly. That's an that's a classic to me overthinking situation. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just I, I understand matchup play, but when you're talking about McCaffrey as like I tell people, you draft your stars to be stars. Like one bad game, I get it. You can't you you, you can't bench the guy. Do you want to be the person that benches like McCaffrey in the playoffs? I know it wasn't the playoffs, but like benches him in the playoffs. Because it wasn't about-
1: actually a terrible call. I, I do agree. He, yeah. he should have been in the lineup no matter what. Yeah. But you look when he played them in week two. Yeah. He had seven fantasy points. He had 16 rushes for 37 yards, <laughs> two receptions and 16 yards. It, it was definitely a question yeah. mark. Should I be playing him against Tampa Bay? And that was at home. The second time they played him was away on the road. Yeah. And he did score 21 points in the second matchup, but he had 22 carries for 31 yards. Yeah. Four receptions, 26 yards. He got in the end zone twice. That's that's what saved his day. But they were shutting down running backs last year. Other side of the coin, they were getting passed all over on. They had the third worst pass defense yeah. in terms of yards, which, again, is that concern you're talking about, especially if they're winning more games. And that game script is where they're playing from ahead and teams need to pass on them. It's not exactly a great uh, matchup being bad against the pass and having teams pass on you more. But they were seventh most in sacks, all right? So they were getting to the quarterback. They had that good—it kind of reiterates they're good in the, f- mm-hmm. the front seven. It was that back half of the defense that struggled. Their starting cornerbacks were Carlton Davis, who was a second-year pro, and Sean Murphy Bunting, who was a rookie. That's very troublesome, and you should expect at least a little bit of growth, I think, this year from those two cornerbacks going into year two and year three. Another thing, they solidified their safety up with drafting Antoine Winfield Jr., mm. who some of you guys might know that name, Antoine Winfield, mm. Pro Bowl cornerback who played, I believe it was like 10 seasons with the Vikings and Bills. Right. He was good. I'm always attracted to players who have that NFL bloodline and are, have the alumni in their family. Mm. Every little bit I've been seeing from Antoine Winfield, I've been reading a few of the Pewter reports from the Buccaneers. He's been getting rave reviews, Antoine Winfield, as a safety for that team. They are expecting him to come in as a rookie, make plays immediately, Mm -hmm. and if he can help shore up that secondary, they can stop the run, they can get sacks. We'll talk about Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady's going to help the defense, not just on the field, I think we have getting lost in Tom Brady. We're talking about, is is he going to throw to Evans? Is he going to throw to Godwin? How many touchdowns is Brock going to score? Which running back is going to catch passes? Nobody's talking about the effect he's going to have on this locker room. You're playing with Jameis Winston as a defensive player. Sure, maybe you're motivated to go out and win. You bring Tom Brady into that equation, it's going to have ripple effects throughout the entire locker room on the defensive side as well. I think you're going to see players elevate their game, elevate their work ethic, And I think it's just going to ripple through the entire locker room. And I think I'm I'm with the people. I think Tampa Bay is in a great position to rack up sacks, potentially get a few turnovers and stop the run. So I think they're a great sleeper defense this year. The only problem is you kind of look at that division, facing the Saints twice, facing the Falcons twice, facing the Panthers twice. There's going to be six matchups. You're not very happy putting them in your lineup. But there should be other matchups where they could really have that blow up potential to possibly win you a week as a defense.
0: So uh, one little note on the Brady factor, too, on top of the locker room is, you know, you're probably going to have 25 less interceptions this year. Um, and so think about how many times the 25 to 30. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're, how many <laughs> how many times the Buccaneers flipped the field and the defense was starting on their own 30 yard line? You know, seriously, I mean, that's that's going to that's going to have a major impact on the total scoring, which is going to have an impact on the fantasy score as well. Um I'm gonna save. I have one more team I want to talk about. I'm gonna save that for the end. Do you have anybody that we haven't talked about? You might even bring up my team here. Anybody we haven't talked about um, that we should be thinking about right now, dude?
1: I think there's one more team that I wanted to bring up, and that was, they were coincidentally the second most vote getters in mm-hmm. my ball. So let me say this: I'm not just catering to my Twitter follows. I actually <laughs> agree. I agree with you guys. I think Tampa Bay and I think the Chargers, I think mm. they had a lot of hype last year coming in. Can you talk about the Cleveland Browns? We were expecting them to take that leap defensively last year. It didn't happen. Joey Bosa had his injuries. Derwin James had his injuries. Talk about uh, Melvin Ingram. He had his injuries. Every year I feel like I'm saying this. Oh, well, they're healthy now. They're healthy now. Maybe this could be the year. They have those playmakers at all three levels. Yeah. Talk about the defensive line. Joey Bosa, I think they just made him the highest defensive player, paid defensive player in the league. Melvin Ingram, they have a second guy who can get after the quarterback as a linebacker. Then you talk about that secondary. Derwin James, who I love and who I was just absolutely torn apart when my Baltimore Ravens passed on him in the draft. I wanted it so bad. They traded back twice. Derwin James <laughs> and Calvin Ridley, both on the board, who I wanted both of them. <laughs> took Hayden Hurst come on Uh, (laughs) at least they they fixed it with the Lamar Jackson pick but anyways Derwin James great player you talk about the cornerbacks they already have Casey Hayward in place they already have Desmond King who's a great slot cornerback then you bring in Chris Harris into the fold they have four now great defensive backs on top it's a passing league you talk about the division they have Kansas City they have to face twice that's not good but are the Raiders and the Broncos offense going to be great this year? I don't know. They might be at least at at worst average matchups. So I think they have a solid division. I think they have all the playmakers in place. And offensively, I don't think they're going to pass as much as they were last year. So again, it goes back to they could be holding the ball a little bit longer. Yep. We'll see. I think they're a great sleeper defense. Uh, I probably take Tampa Bay ahead of them, but after that, they're probably my second sleeper defense off the board.
0: And the Chargers, Bavada has it plus three thousand uh, to win. They, they're a team that, when I was looking at um, you know different teams and everything, they're they're kind of on my radar. I'm going to throw one more at you because I was high on them last year, and I feel like um, first of all, it was a little bit early, obviously a little bit early on them because I whiffed on it. Um, no argument there. I mean, it was kind of a whiff, but. They had super key injuries early in the year. New defensive system, bad offense for most most of the year. You're th- going to say Denver. I am. I knew it. I am Denver man. I liked <laughs> I was it.
1: thinking the same thing.
0: Look, man. Like I mentioned, Chicago losing Fancio has been Fanchio's had elite defenses everywhere he's been. Okay, I think, um, and it's kind of similar, I guess, similar to me of of what Lynn has done in, in the Chargers. You get a lifelong defensive guy you know you're going to have defensive juice what concerns me about denver and any defensive coordinator that gets jobs is are you the type of the defensive coordinator that wants to win games you know 6 to 3 or maybe 3 to 2 or something like that right or 4 to 3 you know, like it, the, do the defensive coordinators want to ignore offense because they're so ego driven that they think they can shut everybody out to me like with the hires that he's made at offensive coordinator he looks like he's trying to get an aggressive offensive system they were just bad last year I don't think that he's a grounded pound, three yards in a cloud of dust on offense. Let me punt and play field position. I do think he wants to be aggressive. And by the way, the teams that he's he's been defensive coordinator of, they've always tried to be aggressive too. They get Bradley Chubb back, who everybody was saying, "Hey," um, and the the camp buzz before Chubb got injured last year is he's going to be the Mac, the Khalil Mac of this defense. I thought it was going to be Von Miller coming in. They said, "No, no, no it's going to be it's going to be Bradley Chubb's going to be the guy." Well, now you have Chubb and Von Miller there. Um, I believe Wolf ended up opting out too. So I was happy that they were going to get him back. But bottom line is you have another off season. Um, the, the, the players have a a year of familiarity. I do think the offense will be better. Although I still have question marks about, you know, sophomore slump, what's going to happen with drew Locke with the full season. Um, Denver is a team they're going to go undrafted I would watch list them because I think they'll get to the quarterback and maybe next year they're going to be a top 10 surprise defense they might be a year away this year but if you tell me at the end of the season they finish like number seven in defense it would not shock me at all
1: see I like Denver too and I was looking at them as well and you you dropped the Fangio name on, so I kind of had a feeling you were coming back to them uh, you talk about Bradley Chubb as a rookie. He had 12 sacks. He was, I believe, a top was top five pick. Yeah. He had 12 sacks as a rookie. Last year, he got hurt after four games, mm-hmm. so he was just not playing. They, that's right. a major. M- maybe their best pass rusher, better than Von. That's
0: what the That's what the buzz was last year was that he was the best pass rusher coming in for sure by by You're a talking, wide margin.
1: Yeah. You talk about Wolf. They lost. He went to Baltimore. He didn't opt out. He okay. signed with Baltimore. Okay. Um, but and they lost Harris but they did bring in Jarell Casey who i believe they traded a 5th or 6th round pick for from Titans. He's not a sexy name no defensive tackle is other than Aaron Aaron Donald maybe. But Jarell Casey's been a great player. He's been a Pro Bowl defensive lineman. He's going to allow Von Miller and Chubb to see more of that um
0: yes, single blocker.
1: Yes. He's not going to they're not going to get as many doubles with Jarell Casey there. They still have playmakers on the second level Justin Simmons is a great safety and then again it comes back to that coordinator or is, is their coordinator going to put them in a good position to succeed I think Fangio has shown throughout his coaching history he is he's going to do that the offense is should improve this year possibly drastically so again Denver I think that's another a very good sleeper defense
0: Yep. And I can't remember if I responded to your Twitter poll or not, but I remember when I saw that, I I, I thought Denver, but I was probably doing, was probably updating. The I book think you something. might have. I think you might have. Yeah. Like I, I like, I like Denver a lot just because. They got seven votes. Oh, okay. Hey, so I'm not the only one then. Very good. Uh, I think that's about it. Any other defenses that you're thinking of?
1: I think that's about it. Man. I think we talked about 20 of them. <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe Green Bay and Dallas. I'm kind of keeping my eye yeah. on those defenses just because Green Bay added a lot of players to their defense last year. Talk about the two Smiths, zadarius who, yeah. again, former Raven. I love him. So love the crap out of that guy. I think he's a great player. I thought he always was a great player. Preston Smith on the other side. They get to face Chicago twice a year. We don't know if Matt Stafford is going to be super healthy. uh, He's had back issues two years in a row. Talk about the Vikings. They're pretty conservative on offense. So I don't think the division's going to hurt them with the matchups too bad. They want to run the ball. They want to control the clock. I think that's good. You talk about Dallas. They have that defensive line. They brought in Everson Griffin. They just lost McCoy to the injury. But they have a great defensive line, two great linebackers. Secondary is the question mark. But if they can get even average play out of their secondary – I think, again, they're in great place to be playing from ahead a little bit more, uh, racking up some of those sack totals. So I think those are two defenses that I think are definitely going to have some streaming potential at this year. I don't know if I'm drafting either. Yeah, right. But I'm keeping my eye on both.
0: Yeah, watch list. Watch list and stream. Watch list and stream. Well, I think we can call that an episode, man. Uh, Maybe next week, I mean, we can talk a little bit more about draft scenarios because I think we've worked our way now through all the positions. Um, And then we'll pretty much be prepping for the season um after that so it's coming man
1: it's coming you don't want to do a full kicker breakdown no no, no 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 i'm done
0: I, I yeah my kicker breakdown is tucker and butker and then it doesn't matter that's it that's it for me uh. <laughs> All right, everybody. Hey, on that note, uh, you know, hey, I know it's draft season, guys. Nail those drafts. You can pick up the Fantasy Football Almanac. Check the links below. Obviously, follow us on Twitter. uh, Guru Fantasy World. Check out David's site. Um, You can check out mine as well. Uh, But David's is more updated than mine, uh, just to be completely transparent there. (laughs) So there you go. Um, I'm in book mode, man. It's all about updating the book and and answering emails these days. So uh, thanks for listening. Oh, give us that five-star review, everybody. We need that. And uh, and write a little comment in as well. We appreciate that. Have a great week. Talk to you then.